Thanks so much for joining me. I feel like you and I get a chance to talk about some issues fairly often on this show. Education over the last couple of weeks has been one of them. Healthcare is absolutely near the top of that list as well. We talk about it often, and and we usually break it into a couple of parts. Number one, the healthcare that is being delivered, so the the care that people get being attended to by nurses and doctors, paramedics, anyone in the healthcare field. Man, there's some good people in this province doing great work. However, the system has significant challenges. Wait times, overcrowding, lack of personnel, lack of equipment. There's no end of issues when we're talking about the system of healthcare, which lends itself to discussions on what can we do to fix it. And so when we talk about these things, we often talk in, in general terms, right? We might hear stories of challenges in a hospital in Saskatoon or challenges in a hospital in, in Regina or a small community, and we talk about it in general terms. But when we talk about it from a specific case, how the, this these challenges impact a person and a story, it really hits us differently. Imagine going about your day-to-day life and you notice, you know yourself, you know your body, you know yourself better than anyone, and you notice something is a bit off. Something isn't quite right. There's something happening. And of course, what do you do? You go to the doctor and you want your doctor to give you a referral for further testing. And then you wait and you wait and you wait Can you imagine how frustrating that would be? Well, that's happening right now to Nadine Baker, a Saskatchewan woman who has been waiting for nearly a year to find out if she has breast cancer. And I am very thankful that Nadine was willing to chat with us this morning, joins us from her home in Regina. Nadine, thanks so much for taking our call. Thank you for calling me. I really appreciate this. So when did you first notice symptoms that led you to seek out a doctor's opinion? Uh, initially, it would have been probably in the uh, late summer of 2022, so probably close to two years now. Mm-hmm. And so you you went in, saw your doctor, and got an initial referral. What did you expect that you would have in front of you in terms of a wait time after getting that referral? Well, I actually, I was uh, referred or told that I needed to uh, have a diagnostic mammogram by the uh, breast screening program, which I've been a part of for many years because my mom had breast cancer early in her life. So all her daughters were told to start the breast screening program really early. So I started in my early forties. And, but when I phoned them, I, when I started noticing changes, I knew I had my breast screening program appointment coming up. So I, when I spoke to them and did the pre-screening, they said, Oh, you have changes in your breast health. So we don't want to see you. You need to go for the more complex diagnostic mammogram so really? go see your doctor yeah yeah they uh they're just a screening program so they aren't set up to do the diagnostic kind of screen mm-hmm. so she said right away go see your family doctor get referred for the diagnostic mammogram so that's what i did uh in january of last year is when i spoke with them and i didn't get in to see my doctor until march march 16th was when i got to see her right so even yeah. that was a couple month, a couple month wait, yeah. and so you got in to see. Sorry, you got in to see your doctor, and then and then how did it roll from there? 
yeah, she so she was was in total agreement, and she sent the referral right away. So off it went, and I know it went because January fifth of this year is when I finally heard from the program, and uh, they just advised that yes, they had re- received the referral back in spring of last year. Um, they apologized that there hadn't been any appointments available to this point, and that there they advised there still wasn't any, and. They couldn't give me a date as yet. So that's when she asked, would I consider traveling out of province for the radiograph? So I agreed, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So in that, in that time, so the referral goes in in the spring of last year. In that yeah. time, and you hadn't heard anything, were, were Not, you probing? Were you making calls? I wasn't because I wasn't overly concerned. And I probably, I, I'm... <laughs> When you think about it, I'm, I probably was trying to push it back in my right. Yeah, ignore it; it'll go away. Right. <laughs> but but at the same time, I knew I had my uh, my screening appointment coming up, so right away. So I thought, well, I'm I'm going anyways for a mammogram, so I'm good. Right. But that's when I found out that they refused to do it. So mm-hmm. Nadine Baker yeah. is my my guest this morning on a waiting list for the better part of a year to find out. Um, whether or not she has breast cancer, I can't imagine the stress this is having on you and your family. It's, yeah, when you, like I said, when I watched my mom for many months struggling through chemotherapy and radiation, um, yeah, she was a pretty sick woman, but uh, thankfully she survived. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I know the history and I know what it looks like to have breast cancer and I know what what you can face and early diagnosis is so crucial for cancers of any kind. Sure. Yeah. That's, you know, that's where my head goes on this. Nadine is, is that I think about, I have family and friends that um, were dealing with breast cancer, but because of diagnosis and treatment um, are, are doing very well today, but you're right. Early diagnosis is important. And so the wait time adds stress and pressure for you. For sure, yeah. And that, you know, really that's my hope is to make sure people are aware that there is, is a reduction in this province in care and services for women surrounding right. breast cancer. I'm not even sure what else, but, I mean, it's not just diagnostics. It's also biopsies. I've talked to a couple of women since Monday who are waiting on a biopsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's, that's insane. So they know they have something that needs looking at they know for sure that they have a a mass right. a tumor that needs to be looked at and they're they're sitting there waiting for that i can imagine you've had a few people connect with you since monday uh, you oh, spoke many. at you spoke at the saskatchewan legislature uh, in regina on monday what compelled you to share your story publicly um well, nobody else was doing it right <laughs> yeah yeah and I knew it wasn't just me. I knew it. So, well, if we don't if we don't make people aware that this is happening, you know, nothing's going to change. I very much uh, I, I give you a lot of credit, Nadine. I, I said this to you when we chatted briefly off air. Uh-huh. Uh, to me, this is a brave thing to do uh, because it's very personal. It's it's a challenge that you're going through, and standing in front of a group of people or coming on a radio show and, and talking with me about this. 
Um, you know, it, you're exposing part of, of the challenges that you're going through in your life, but what you are doing, and we saw this on our Facebook page, and as soon as we're done talking, we're going to open the phone lines up for people. I know we're going to have a lot of people weighing in on this topic as well. So um, I, I'm very, very appreciative. Nadine, where, where are you at now? Where, what are your options? What, what does it look like for you in terms of getting this mammogram done? I know nothing. <laughs> I haven't Still. heard from anyone. So, so you, yeah, even even no noting that you're willing to go out of province, you haven't been given a date or anything yet? No. No. There's no, no date in sight. Yeah. Well... We're, uh, we're sending nothing but good wishes your way, not only to get that, that date and that test done quickly, but of course, uh, for good news and good results there as well. Nadine, thank you so much for being willing to join me. Thank you so much, Evan. I really appreciate it. Nadine Baker, uh, one of many brave Saskatchewan women who are waiting for a mammogram test to determine whether or not cancer is something that she will be facing and, uh, the, the, the bravery and the ability for her to come on the show and share it. And I'm so appreciative of, of that. And so, so that throws it back to us now about what, what are we, what are we going to do about it? How common is this problem? And that's what I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your experience and, and lots of you weighed in on Facebook last night. We'll talk a little bit about those, but we are going to open up the phone lines to you on this issue. one 332 8255 Give us a call and let us know your experience with whether it's cancer diagnosis, cancer treatment in Saskatchewan. I've said it before and I've, I've gone through it personally with my father. Uh, the care, the level of care from the people that work in healthcare is second to none. But we have systemic problems when it comes to getting diagnostic tests done, wait times, backlogs, resource issues. And sometimes that has a very real implication on our families. I want to hear from you. one 332 8255 More on this when we come back on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Just had a conversation with Nadine Baker, who is the Saskatchewan woman waiting for the better part of a year to find out if she has breast cancer, was referred by her doctor to get a mammogram, but hasn't been able to get in. The wait lists, the backlog is that long. There was a recent offer if she was willing to go out of province, which she said, yes, she would do that if she had to, but still uh, no appointment made there. This is a common problem. This is not, this is not number one. It's not unique to, to Regina. It's common for the province and it's common across Canada. Sadly, we are seeing healthcare in a crisis across our country. We've talked about it lots on the show. We threw it on the Facebook page last night, um, just to, to show Nadine the support that's out there. And there has been a lot of support. Gloria was weighing in with exactly what I just said. The sad thing is this isn't only Saskatchewan. It's across Canada that the health crisis exists. We want to hear about your experience. Have you got an experience, a family member, a friend that went through something, maybe you personally, that was a challenge with cancer diagnosis or treatment? one 332 8255 The phone lines are open for you. The text lines, people are texting in uh, already. Kathy and Regina says, tell Nadine and anyone else that you've really just got to be a pain in the you-know-what. Keep phoning the diagnostic centers. Then the biopsy guys at the hospital. That's what I did, Kathy says. I was waiting months, started phoning and phoning, and finally got in for a biopsy uh, and then a lumpectomy. 
advocate, be an advocate for yourself any way you can and do not stop. And, and I think that's the advice that, that a lot of people have to take. And, and, uh, you know, I think the flip side of it, and Nadine talked about this is there inside of you, when you're, you're worried about this, there's a part of you that also wants to try and put it out of your mind and think maybe, maybe I'm imagining this, maybe it isn't as bad as, as I thought, but we know with cancer that early detection is such an essential part of being able to treat and recover from the diagnosis. And so that's instrumental. one 332 8255 Tasha says the healthcare system is a nightmare. And it's not the nurses, attendants, or doctors draining the system. It's too many cooks in the kitchen, says Tasha. Wasted money on office staff. This poor woman is just one of many, but her story is a huge reason for the government to stand up and start taking action against all the wrong going on. Start at the biggest office and work your way down. So there's no doubt government plays a role in this, and and we've talked about it. In fact, we had uh, Health Minister Everett Hindley on the show, and and he and I have had conversations about this as well. The government recognizes this, and and the challenge, part of the challenge is, and, and we have to acknowledge this isn't a Saskatchewan-only problem. Yes, we expect our Saskatchewan politicians and government to be able to make adjustments that make it better for people in our province, but this is not unique to Saskatchewan. It is very much a problem Canada-wide. And so the problems continue. Debbie in Crooked Lake just texted in, I found a lump in my breast last year. I saw my doctor for the referral for a mammogram. I discovered that Saskatoon and Regina Diagnostic Clinics were six to eight-month waits so I asked them for advice, and the Regina Clinic told me they thought Yorkton had a diagnostic facility. I called them and booked in within a month. Good service from the staff. Quick answer. Was able to have a telephone conference with my doctor. Good results, so that was a big relief. But I took the lead role in getting the action and getting things going. I was not willing to sit and wait for a system to fit me in. Took the initiative, got in within a few months. Every situation is different. There you go. There's a situation where Yorkton was able to to step up and help, which I think is is important. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Phones are ringing here as well. I'm going to get Todd on from Warman. Todd, thanks for calling in. What's your story? Uh, thanks, Evan. Uh, about two years ago, my mom uh, was diagnosed with kidney cancer and liver cancer, uh, fairly aggressive, and she we couldn't get her much help at all um i she was in her late 70s so i I was assuming she was triaged because we couldn't get her in the hospital because it was covid times right right and uh she basically well she died at home and she suffered a lot in her last you know six to eight weeks Mm -hmm. and it really is a sore spot for me because there was zero support or she couldn't get in to see her oncologist and they just, she just basically died waiting mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was tough. Yeah, and, it's tough, Todd. I can, I can hear it. I'm so sorry for your loss. I've, I have a, a story of my own losing, a, losing a parent and it's, it is tough. And I, I appreciate you being willing to call in and share that. And that's, 
This is what we're we're going to continue to talk about here. We'll we'll take a break in a second for for the news at the top of the hour, but we will continue to talk about this after 10 as well. And the phone lines remain open for you, 1-877-332-8255. You want to call in, you want to text in. Um, Mel in Saskatoon is waiting patiently, and I'm hoping Mel can hang on until we come back. This conversation continues on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. There's no doubt it is a nice day today. Mild temperatures and will continue to be mild for the next week or so actually in the in the foreseeable future the forecast looks pretty good for late january early february maybe a little bit of snow still hearing about some fog so visibility road conditions are fairly good in the province but you might want to check the highway hotline visibility in a couple of areas and we saw an accident happen yesterday um that absolutely spoke to visibility and some of the challenges on the highway. So check that out before you head out this morning. Well, we chatted with Nadine Baker just a little while ago. Nadine is the Saskatchewan woman who's been waiting nearly a year to find out if she has breast cancer. She has had conversations with the government in Saskatchewan. Recently, she was at the Saskatchewan legislature and is really trying to raise awareness to the fact not only to get her mammogram as soon as she can, but awareness to the fact that we have some serious wait times in the province. And so we're opening this discussion up to you at one 332 8255 We have lots of people that have texted in, weighed in on Facebook as well, and, and a couple I'm going to get to here in a second on the phone, but really talking about stories with healthcare, which is a problem across Canada. We're absolutely knowing and seeing that Tony weighed in on Facebook to say, I can tell you that it reaches well beyond cancer diagnostics as well. And, and lots of people weighing in with just healthcare challenges when it comes to wait times, getting in for diagnostics, uh, some of the challenges that we're talking about today. Give us a call. one 332 8255 Mel has been waiting patiently from Saskatoon. Thanks for calling in Mel. What's your story? Good morning, Evan. Um, how are you doing today? I'm good. I appreciate you being willing to call in on this. No problem. Um, Evan, you know, um, you can't put a price on your life. Um, I, I lost a, a girlfriend to ovarian cancer. That's a silent killer because you can't feel it. With breast cancer, you feel a lump. With ovarian cancer, you can't. If you don't feel well, go to your doctor and get checked. If you have to go out of province, get a scan. Go out of province. Because you can't put a price on your life, Evan. Yeah. Like, um, I can't state it enough. If you don't feel good, get checked out. Go to your doctor. If you can't get get a test done here in this province, go to the next province, like Alberta or Manitoba. There's there's so many options. I know it's expensive, but you can't put a price on your life. You're right, and and I think just part of it is is regular doctor's appointments because sometimes through blood work or whatever, there, there are there are enzyme checks. There are things that can be detected. You and I might not feel or, or recognize happening, but through regular checkups, uh, maybe could come forward. Right, but with your body, you know there's something wrong. Evan. like you can't deny. It. Like you can't. <clears throat> you can feel good one day, and the next day you don't feel good. There's something that your body always tells you there's something wrong with you. With breast cancer, you feel a lump. With ovarian cancer or kidney cancer or liver cancer, you can't feel it. Right. Get tested, please. And sometimes if you wait until you can or symptoms start to show, uh, that's at the point where it might be, be too late in some of those, uh, some of those forms of cancer that you're talking about. Thanks for calling in, Mel. 1-877-332-8255. We'll stay in the Saskatoon region and Darren is on the line. What are your thoughts on this topic this morning, Darren? Well, I wanted to comment. I mean, you're pushing the word, you know, health crisis, and 
that that came from the nurses union. They've been talking about a health crisis in this province for years. Mm-hmm. And you got to look at the end game on this too. If the nurses aren't willing to change the system, the system is enormous. Our only answer is to throw more money at health care. At some point, the system will collapse. Mm-hmm. And at that point, there will be change. But the nurses won't allow anything to happen against their contract. They won't cut back overtime so we can afford to hire more nurses. We have a finite amount of money paying into this system that is basically bloated with a bureaucracy that makes it inefficient. So, Darren, on on the topic of, of mammograms, which uh, we had Nadine Baker on earlier, are you suggesting the nurses have, have some impact on that? All the people that work in the healthcare system have impact on that. I've talked to nurses, like you say, you've talked to nurses, mm-hmm. I've talked to nurses too, that said that they can't do their job. But so, why is that? We've never looked at the crux. Roy Romano had a chance to change healthcare, healthcare system in this province forever, in this country, with his report. And his only answer was, we have to invest more money in it. Now, if the teachers want more money, and the healthcare system wants more money, they're already taking 75% of our tax dollars, where do we get more money from? So what do you think that with any answer for that? What do you think the solution? And I'm not expecting it's this is a this is a problem that no one has the definitive answer on. But Darren, where do you think we have to go on this? I think we have to move more to a a, a privately insured. There's a lot of people in this province that are quite wealthy. I'm not even going to say wealthy. They're well off. I'm well off. I could probably afford to pay a little bit into a private health care system where I'm allowed to, and again, they use the term, skip the line. If I'm in line with nine people in front of me and they all of a sudden decide to pay for their own test, I move to the front of the line. I'm fine with that. I've never understood that argument. Well, then it's a two-tiered health system. We have two-tiered everything in this world. There's two, three, four tiers to everything in this world. You don't think that the health care system isn't tiered right now? That gentleman that said his mother died at home, she was tiered because she was 79 years old. My dad has recently been told, because he's 85, treatment, well, I don't know if that's the best option at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not life-threatening, but that's realistic. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate your, your thoughts, Darren, on this. And uh, this is a this this notion of a, of a two-tiered system or privatizing health care is one that definitely lights people up. I, I also wonder... Like Darren, I also wonder if this isn't part of the solution. Uh, my boss and I had a bit of a disagreement on this yesterday. Uh, his line to me, similar to what Darren said, just because you have a gold MasterCard, should you get to the front of the line? And to me, I mean, it's like so many topics. Let's let's recognize what we're doing right now isn't working. Isn't working the way it should. And Nadine Baker is a great example. And there's so many great examples, sadly, of of that. So if it's not working now, what can we explore to look at it differently? And I'm wondering about privatizing parts of healthcare. Now, the health minister, Mark Holland, the federal health minister, recently just came out. Uh, I've got an article here in front of me where he talks about that is absolutely the wrong way to go. He's deeply proud of having a public health care system. Provinces like Ontario are, though, looking to have more private clinics to try and ease wait times for surgeries and medical imaging. And that's exactly what we're, we're talking about here. 
is how do we get people in for quicker diagnostics? How do we get them in for treatment? People are weighing in on Facebook talking about waiting years for surgeries in some cases. And so, you know, I, I'm not convinced that we can throw this at the feet of, of any one person. And, and I still continue to talk about my love and appreciation for those that work in healthcare in this province. Because not only do they do so in a, in a compassionate, caring way, but they do so knowing that their workload is quite high and there's really no end in sight. one 332 8255 your your texts and your calls are very welcome i've got lots of people texting in kate in saskatoon talked about her husband has had a wonderful experience with the saskatchewan healthcare system if there is such a thing uh he had some weird symptoms he had some tests run by a gp starting with an ultrasound it was determined that he had a tumor on his kidney he had an ultrasound a ct scan a bone scan Surgery, removing his kidney, all in less than one month. Nothing but great, compassionate people throughout. Granted, he was lucky because it was 2020 when all elective surgeries were on hold, but it was amazingly fast, and he is very thankful. Kate, thanks for sharing that. You know, that's the thing. I'll just pause for a second and say, we're we're asking people to share what can be very personal details about challenges that they've had with their own health care or family members and their health care. So, for that, I'm very appreciative that people are re- really willing to weigh in and and have this conversation, hopefully helping us understand the problem better and maybe working our way to a solution. one 332 8255 Larry in Saskatoon is on the line. You've got some questions about the healthcare system, Larry. Yeah, two things. I'm curious about how many people in Saskatchewan, ladies, are working for the mammogram. And how many are processed daily in Saskatchewan? Good question. Two simple simple things I'd like to know. I don't have that at my fingertips, but I'm gonna. We'll do some work and see if we can dig that up. I I, those those numbers should be available. I know that uh, this has been talked about a fair bit in terms of you know the the wait list and the wait times that are happening in the province. Uh, Recently, there was a story about using a Calgary private clinic to help ease those wait times and. You know, I think there was mixed reaction to it. Number one, we have to applaud anytime we we look for ways to ease the wait times and get people in quicker for these diagnostics tests. Uh, but, you know, is it a state of the system that we have now that we're having to push people outside of the borders of our province to get the health care that they need and, and hopefully would be able to get right here within the province? one 332 8255 I've got Norbert on the line. Thanks so much for calling in. What uh, what have you got for? You've got a story from 99, I understand. Uh, no, 19. Nine, okay. Uh, 20, 2019. 2019, okay. Yeah, I, I had uh, stenosis, and they were talking three three years here for surgery, and I was in agony, and I was not to take I was not going to take any pills that were addictive, and the ones that they had were ineffective, and uh, I mean I I I couldn't do anything personally nothing anymore and uh so then we did some research into private and uh, we went to calgary for private from the day that uh we decided to go private three weeks i was in surgery wow. and i haven't had a twinge since and i went private and two of the doctors that i dealt with uh in the meantime one of them had uh 
uh, knee surgery because, for the same reason. And he's, you know, he's a doctor in, in, this, in the public system. Right. And uh, with back stuff, they wait too long and then you've got nerve damage. And I just, I just decided, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going there. Lots of people are, are talking about and sharing stories like Norbert is there about kind of taking matters into their own hands, being willing to, to go out of province or to pay in order to find a solution to whatever the challenge may be. I actually saw a text here earlier. John in Mesa, who is uh, a regular listener and texter to the show. So he's actually from uh, the Regina area, but down in Mesa through the winter, he texted in saying, in Mesa, I needed to go to a dermatologist. I phoned on Friday, got in Monday. Cost was $175. He did what he had to do. My daughter in Regina waited 14 months. That speaks That speaks to wait times, especially if, if it's not urgent and not an emergency. But in many cases, like the case of Nadine Baker this morning, who was talking about waiting for a mammogram, that she's been referred for by her GP, that I would say that that is urgent. That is something that time is of the essence, and you want to get that done as quickly as possible. I want to take a quick break. We've still got people waiting to chat on this. one 332 8255 Your experience with cancer diagnosis, treatment, just healthcare in general, that's what we're talking about right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Good morning and thanks for joining us. I'm Evan Bray chatting this morning about healthcare, early diagnosis, and some of the challenges that we have in Saskatchewan with wait times. Nadine Baker was my guest off the start this morning, and we talked to Nadine about the fact that she's been waiting for nearly a year to get a mammogram to find out whether or not she's going to be dealing with breast cancer. And, of course, that wait is so challenging is it weighs on you physically it weighs on you mentally and one of the messages that we got uh, through facebook and we had posted this on facebook last night cheryl texted in to say that she had a friend who a year ago found a lump and within days it was swollen and infected and emerge said that it was breast cancer she waited and waited for testing and of course you always hear early detection is the key she ended up being so frustrated she went to the united states spent thousands of dollars on treatment got exceptional care, and is cancer-free now. Why don't we have this care here, is the question that Cheryl is asking. one 332 8255 I've got Elaine waiting from Prince Albert. Elaine, thanks so much for calling in. We're talking about health care and wait times. Uh, what are your thoughts, Elaine? Um, well, it was September 2021 when I discovered the lump and went into my doctor and within eight weeks, I was uh, in Saskatoon, had a mastectomy, and I'm now two years cancer-free. Wow. And I'm 70 years old, but I feel I was one of the lucky ones, and my doctor is very aggressive. So I think that was part of my success story. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to hear your outcome, Elaine, and, and happy to hear about a, a system that worked for you. So it, it must be tough for you hearing these stories of, of women going through something that was very different than this what you went through. It is. It really is. My heart goes out to Nadine this morning. Yeah. Like you can tell this this weighs on her. Um and and you know, I mean having having balance, do you think you mentioned your doctor was fairly aggressive. Do you think it was a timing thing for you as well? I think so because I was also stage four. So, you know, very aggressive, late discovering it and I think he just got on it right away 
And like I say, he's very aggressive when it comes to treatment. Sure. So, again, I think I'm definitely one of the lucky ones out there that, uh, you know, and, and I'm so thankful to everybody. I had a terrific surgeon as well and great follow-up uh, issues with chemo, but we won't get into that mm-hmm. because I just about died and had to be retrieved uh, three times. Well, I'm I'm glad you're here yeah. today, and I'm glad you're able to weigh in on the uh, discussion, Elaine. one 332 8255 Diane and Regina, thanks for calling in. Your thoughts on this discussion? Well, I'm, I'm calling because I was listening to your caller, Darren, who um, spoke about the... There is a fixed budget. Right. And, and I think it comes down to money, and it's a very complex subject. Um, but I didn't, your response to him was sort of um, accusatory and blaming a, a certain segment that works in the industry. And, and that concerned me, and that's why I called. Sure. Um, there's lots of challenges. But one thing that, you know, we don't seem to have access to in this province or Canada, as you mentioned, is the health care budgets, the itemized budgets per region. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's been an amalgamation of powers and the breaking down of, and that started, uh, I imagine, about 20 years ago now, um, from the in this province, your regional health boards, to going to this this one and I don't have an opinion on that one way or another, but what we're not seeing is the amount of money. So as opposed to a school board and a parent council in a school, you see the budget that the principal operates with. So you see what percentage goes to wages. You see what percentage goes to books and to the building. Right. And I think people would be quite shocked to see how little is spent on books and buildings and the percentage that is going into wages. For sure. Dig, digging into the accounting practices and and basically a better understanding of, of how the money is spent. I appreciate you calling in. And, and Diane's point about, you know, Darren had thrown out he felt like the nurses' union uh, was causing some problems. I, I'm, I'm, you know, perhaps, and I appreciate Diane bringing it up, maybe I wasn't vocal enough in saying, I, I don't think the nurses' union has anything to do with what we're talking about when we're talking about mammograms. Um, I'm a supporter of, of the nurses. I'm a supporter of health care. And yet I feel like our system has problems. And we're hearing you've got to push. You've got to advocate for yourself. You've got to have a doctor that's willing to be aggressive to try and find ways to get you treatment. These are all important things. I'm not able to get to everybody on the phone today. Uh, I'm not able to get to all the texts on this. We've we've got lots that have been coming in, but that Facebook post is always up, and of course we encourage people to uh, to weigh in there as well. And I'm I'm sure this won't be the last time that we talk about healthcare and what needs to happen to fix the system that we have in our province. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.